welcome back to Return to Oz Minute, where we're analyzing the 1985 Disney film Return to Oz, one pumpkin-filled minute at a time. I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Mike Carlucci. And we continue to be joined by guest of, among others, the Mogwai Minute, Daniel MacArthur. Hey guys, thanks for letting me come back. I'm glad you made it back. This is an exciting minute, even though we've totally given away the lead of this being Jack Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Um, he, he may not be a pumpkin. He just has a big orange red head. It's just a coincidence that his name is Pumpkinhead and his head looks like a pumpkin, even though it never says that in the script. Um, <laughs> this is minute 49 in which he says his name is Jack Pumpkinhead. Uh, it starts with Dorothy introducing herself to him and it ends with her helping to reassemble his limbs. Um, so I have to ask, Daniel, uh, are you in love with Dorothy Gale yet? Because she's freaking adorable. Uh, she can be a tad grating, but yeah, she is adorable. <laughs> she smiles. She, like, because Mike had said in the script last minute that it's like, you can't help smiling. Like, he just looks like a nice pumpkin. I don't know. And, and I think she's doing a pretty good job of that, like, <laughs> can't help it. And I, I, all right, so you're more on Belina's side, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Belina wants to know, what is this? Some sort of melon? Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of, I've said before, like, Dorothy's way too trusting of strangers. Um, but I'm coming around <laughs> to the idea that she's been here, she's been to Oz before, and she's famous there. So I kind of am starting to get the whole, okay, she she's just going to introduce herself to people. She's not going to worry about whether they're out to get her or not. Um, yeah, Belina asks if this is a man or a melon. And Jack responds, <laughs> a pumpkin, if you please. Kind of messing the script screenwriters up a little bit. Um, yeah, let's talk about pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're gourds and not melons. But Belina's only a chicken. You can't hold it against her. Though she did grow up on a farm. Well, she's kind of, um... She's she is the being, farm? No, she's being sarcastic. Like, she's doing that on purpose. To, like, be, you know, he's not a man or a melon. She's not gonna be specific. Also, just to drive you insane, pumpkins... Oh, I'm getting conflicting answers. Because pumpkins are a type of squash plant, but then something says pumpkins, squash, and gourds are members of the Latin word family, which is why <laughs> it's equal. I didn't realize I was starting a controversy. I mean, it's, it's definitely not a melon. Let's just make that clear. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Pumpkins are not melons. For sure. But now fight, fight, <laughs> fight. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> I've always been under the impression that they're gourds. Is a pumpkin. Yeah, I mean pumpkin <laughs> squash. because there are those little, they're the little squash that look like pumpkins, but they're not pumpkins. Hmm. They're just orange. More specifically, gourd refers to the fruits of plants in the two and that's a lot of Latin, or also to their hollow, dried-out shell. So when you make a jack-o'-lantern, the pumpkin becomes a gourd? <laughs> this doesn't seem right. 
What is the well, difference between a pumpkin and a gourd? Apparently, pumpkin originates from the word pipon uh, in Greek, which means large melon. The French adapted it to pompon, which the British changed to pump, pompion, and American colonists called them pumpkins. So Belina's is just too cultured for us, is what you're saying. Yeah, well, if she's going to use the original Greek, then <laughs> yes. So Belina knows exactly who that bust is, for sure. <laughs> and speaking of bust, there's a second bust on the couch behind Jack. Oh, yeah. it's really Looks like he has sideburns. <laughs> it's really hard. Jeff's big head is in the way. Oh, oh, sorry, the sound turned on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish I had a bigger view of that. He does. He's got like the mutton chops that like connect to his beard. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That would also imply that that's a different time period, even though the bottom of the bust is the same. I really do like the idea that Disney just raided a prop closet. <laughs> we need stuff. <laughs> yeah, where do you think they got all this stuff? Uh, Jack asked Dorothy to check for soft spots. He's worried he's going to spoil <laughs> before he can see the world. So what's everyone's first impression of this guy? I mean, he seems innocent enough. Like, we joked that Dorothy's too trusting, but he doesn't seem like he would offer harm to anyone. That's true, and he's just lying there, I mean. Look at that big smile, he's just a friendly guy. <laughs> he's just looking for his mom! <laughs> yeah. Aww. He's clearly the C-3PO of the film. Oh. <laughs> In distress, <laughs> limited facial expressions. Is and he all... lost an arm. <laughs> oh, he lost his arm? He's always looking for the mother or the maker? Oh, yeah. All is coming together now. Um, uh, would you like to know a little bit about the man who voices Jack Pumpkinhead? I was doing some trolling on IMDb. So this is another character that has many people credited as playing him. Luckily, we know that Brian Henson does the voice because they specify that in the credits. Uh, he's an actor who's done... He was in the Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island. So he's basically the voice of Mike's childhood, I assume. Yes. <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island is fantastic. <laughs> and then... Yeah, producer and actor. Sorry, he's mostly a producer. I want to see his acting, because that will tell us the voice. Okay. Nope, still lots of puppet voices and Muppets coming up, so that's good. It's still tracking. Um, apparently there was a, it's a very merry Muppet Christmas movie on TV. I may have to track that down. <laughs> uh, he was on Dinosaurs. Our favorite, everyone apparently was on this. He has different credits depending on which episode but the first one listed is grandma ethel phillips and guys i think i need to watch dinosaurs because oh it's it's a wonderful show <laughs> i i mean i know it was on i was aware of it but i never watched it and now it's come up so much in this movies by minutes earl sinclair he, he's he's the homer simpson of the dinosaur world <laughs> and who can forget not the mama 
We got Jack Pumpkinhead asking for his mother. Oh my <laughs> and god. Got the... <laughs> it was foreshadowing this whole time. Um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say about Brian Henson, you know, I need to see a family tree. He's very involved in the Muppets, and I just said his name again and thought, huh, Henson. Yeah, his father's Jim Henson, isn't it? It's You'd think that'd be like at the top of the bio. I was very distracted by who he's married to, but... Let me see. <laughs> no, no, his his dad's Jim Henson. Jim Henson. Why is that buried under trivia? That's not <laughs> trivial information. IMDb. Thank you very much. Um, mentioned way above the fact that he's Jim Henson's son. Jeez Louise. Is that he is married <laughs> to Mia Sarah? And I thought, gee, that name seems familiar. Because it's Sloan from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller, yeah. So, <laughs> if you like what we're doing, go listen to Ferris Bueller's Minute Off, which is analyzing that movie minute by minute. And you can hear all about her. But now I'm going to go back to Brian's page. <laughs> <laughs> I love going down the IMDb rabbit hole. I can't help it. Oh, man. Yeah. So, once I'm done doing dinosaurs, now let me go back to my notes. <laughs> so, the other person credited with playing Jack Pumpkinhead is Stuart LaRange. L-A-R-A-N-G-E. Is that how one would pronounce that? That seems good. Okay. Yeah. Stuart LaRange? I don't know. (laughs) We're gonna go with that because his only credit is Return to Us. Um, We did share behind the scenes pictures on our listeners group earlier and he is credited like there's a picture of Jack Pumpkinhead in a later scene and it says like note the thicker neck so you know Stuart however you pronounce his last name is in the costume Mm -hmm. so I don't know how often he was in the costume that's something I'll have to kind of keep an eye out for whenever he has the super skinny neck it's a puppet but apparently there was a guy in there sometimes who only did this as far as I can tell a quick aside back to Mia Sarah Mm -hmm. in 2012 she was in the movie Dorothy and the Witches of Oz, playing Princess Langwider, who is the princess that had the multiple head that got combined with the witch Mombi. Oh. She played her again in the Witches of Oz TV miniseries and, and in 2011, so I guess she did that first. Mm. And then in 2002, she was in something called Lost in Oz, playing Lorielder. Lore, I don't know. This is I'm not good with Aussie and names. <laughs> <laughs> so she's been in a couple Oz-related productions. It's all coming together. And the slice that actually can overlap with Return to Oz. <laughs> yeah. In some, you know, in some way. We're the not same, uh, from the same source as this movie, not necessarily the the one people know. Yeah. We're we're not tying it to the Wizard of Oz here. Now, actually. This is a great <laughs> chance for me to ask our guests. So um, we usually ask people how they first, when they first saw Return to Oz, but I'm pretty sure it was because I asked you to do this. <laughs> is that correct? Yeah, it is. So, so I, I guess I'll ask your, well, first, I definitely want to know what you thought of it, but I guess also, did you have any particular... Uh, attachment to the Wizard of Oz? Was this a total, like, 180 on you? <laughs> uh, 
no particular attachment. I mean, the Wizard of Oz was part of my childhood, but this one, it was it was different than what I expected because, <laughs> like, like you've mentioned, it's like darker. It's not as I mean, it starts off when she gets there, like everything's the yellow brick roads torn up and just seems dark and scarier. This this was the first time I've seen it, but for some reason the the wheeler stuck out to me like a memory. So I must have seen it probably at least once in my childhood. Because I remember they were just creepy. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think if uh, we've had anyone who we brought up repressed memories for. I think you're our first one. <laughs> because it, sometimes people will be like, oh, I'm not sure if I saw that or not. And I'm like, oh, you'd know. You'd know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a subtle movie. <laughs> Were you overall okay with it, even though it's a lot creepier than the sing and dance in original? Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Good. And I like a lot of the like special effects, the animation, the claymation, and the puppetry. It all I think it stood the test of time because it all looks pretty good. Yeah, I think there's it's a really good argument for the practical effects. I mean, Jurassic Park might be slightly more well known than Return to Oz, but. It's a good argument for the movie can age, but only so much. Yeah. It's a good actual, like, moving puppet and models and stuff. I don't know. Some of the claymation I don't think holds up as much. But then some of it does. It really, it, it's, there's a bunch coming up, and some of it is still crazy impressive to me, and some of it is just like, oh boy. So, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure we weren't, like, torturing you making you watch this movie, because... <laughs> no. <laughs> I know some people have been working hard to avoid it for their entire life, so I'm glad we can uh, spread the knowledge a little bit. <laughs> I wonder how much of that, uh, the, the aging with claymation, is the fact that claymation kind of went away. Like, we don't really see claymation anymore. It, it like, you know, yeah. practical effects evolved. It's probably more the... CGI evolved. It's probably the... Yeah. It's probably just the time and effort that claymation takes, because you got to set up, you know, each shot frame by frame, and you got to move all the claymation figures. Yeah, and it's probably just easier to do it on a computer. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes the computer looks <laughs> amazing. It's just those effects they do tend to age a movie. Like you can tell when a movie was made by how the computer effects are. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad it held up. I'm glad you weren't too traumatized. <laughs> um, and I'm clearly out of notes for this minute. <laughs> How about you, Mike? Anything else to add? No, uh, the, the script varies in very minor ways. Uh, but it's basically, basically word for word here. Belina giving him uh, sass still? Yeah. Yeah, uh, which is uh, which is interesting. I wonder if maybe by this point in the in the movie they had started to give Belina more of those zingers, because in the beginning they weren't in the this version of the script. No, I wonder if they just had a few zingers to start, and then they played so well once they started doing it. Like, okay, where else can we fit them in? I could see that of like well, that was already her basic character, and they just punched it up a little bit. Yeah, I could see. That. All right, um, this is 
going to air after the Movies by Minutes meetup in Chicago. So if you went to that, man, I'm jealous. I hope you had fun. <laughs> hope everyone's recovered by now. Uh, this is... We've mentioned other podcasts that do this Movies by Minutes treatment. And if you go to moviesbyminutes.com, you'll find all of them. And it's a lot. <laughs> um, this is... Uh, the Movies by Minutes Makers Convention of 2017. If you're listening to this in the future, oh. and, you know, you're booking your tickets eight months in advance. You can only buy them at last year's, you know, Movies by Minutes Convention. <laughs> like, this is this is the 2017 one. You were there, you know, ground floor. Sorry to all our future listeners. Didn't mean to leave you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, for posterity, I assume people will be listening to this. Decades from now. Hundreds of, of years. Of course. We're still speaking colonial English. Pre, Pre-Mars dialect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be so wizard. <laughs> um, Alright. Well, if everyone will come back tomorrow, we will get this guy reassembled. Sounds good. I'll be here. <laughs> Alright. Uh, yeah. Mike, would you like to start us off this time? Weog? Teog? Piog! Piog! Piog? <laughs>